3: Welcome to the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and you are tuned in to the Word to Stand Up for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, life questions, relationship questions today, whatever's on your heart or mind, all you have to do is call us. Now remember, I have 66 years of wisdom sitting beside me here today. (laughs) And she's ready with the gift of encouragement. Paula is in the house on the date-to-day edition of the program, 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585, or toll-free, 877-630-KSLR. Uh, if you are uh, outside the local area, you can email your questions to us by emailing questions at CalvarySAT sa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. Uh, if you are driving in your car, the safest way uh, to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Um, one button, call now, you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, before we even talk, we've got Jose holding on the line, so I don't want to wait uh, from Seguin. Jose on line one, thanks for calling, you're on the air.
0: Hi. Right. Hello? Hi, Jose. Uh,
4: yeah, if you will go to buttonnow.info after the program, it's butnow.info. You'll see that uh, the teaching that's going on today is really not on target. Uh, Romans 2.16, we're going to be judged according to Paul's gospel, not Peter's. And so the religious system is followed up in their teaching. They, the modern translations of the Bible take the word dispensation out, and that's not by accident. So if you just look at that website and, and uh, you know talk about it tomorrow, it'd be good. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot. I'm not trying to say that you don't know anything, but I mean, just, <laughs> <laughs> just tell, hey, why don't you just look at it? Okay, do that much, and you'll see. I'm trying to be helpful.
3: Thank you for calling, Jose. You know, it's interesting, Paula. I'm 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 a dispensationalist who's been looking at modern translations of the Bible for all the 28 years that I've been saved. It's amazing. People think they've got this new little thing, and they're not smart enough to look at a Bible and say, um, well this is what it's saying This is they're just translating a different set of manuscripts Jose there's nothing about the modern translations that's subversive there's nothing that's trying to rob the deity of Christ uh, and I would suspect uh, Jose that um, you need to look in your own heart before correcting others uh, we've also got George on line 3 Paula from San Antonio George you're on the air nobody wants to hear from you today so George you're on the air
1: well, hello, Pastor Ron. Uh, hello, Paul. Hi,
3: George? Uh, Hi, George.
1: I wanted to run this question by you. Um, I well, someone recently told me about maybe it's a fad nowadays, but when a man and woman are going to get married, um, and maybe I would put "married" in quotation marks because what they're going to call it is a something like a commitment ceremony, in which you know they make make their vows, their monogamy, um, all of that good stuff that goes with it you know they can put god in there but i guess for legal reasons or money finance whatever they they won't re- really legally be married so I, I guess the basic question is do you think something like like that would fly with god or is that kind of too off the wall do you think
3: yeah george actually we, that's a that's a pretty common thing nowadays uh, we hear people that for um, retirement uh, programs you know social security and other things well, we couldn't make it if we got married, so we're going to just love each other. God calls that sin. It's cohabitation. And it doesn't matter how old you are. There's not a special dispensation given by God for people who are older. Uh, so, um, you know, I've come up across this a bunch of times, Georgian, And my question is always this. So how much money would you lose out on if you got legally married? And I had one person, I'll just use this number because it's it's one that's stuck in my head. Uh, one person said, well, well, it would cost us $800 a month. And I said, so you don't think Jesus is worth $800 a month? You don't think Jesus would provide for you? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Do you believe that or do you not believe it? And um, usually, George, um, they they just don't have enough faith to do it but it's sin um if we are to get married we we need to be married legally we need to obey the laws of the land and it's one of those um, sad commentaries on the state of much of the christian church in in our culture it's just we're always looking for shortcuts we're always looking for loopholes and for me george that's really really sad mm-hmm. yeah
5: you know yeah. in romans 12 It says this, and this is New Living Translations. It says, I plead with you, this is to dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect.
3: And so, okay. you know, that's just the way of the world. Yeah, and George, if these are friends of yours, or people that you care about, uh, this is an opportunity for you to sort of step in and give them some godly counsel and challenge them to yeah. trust God for the money that, uh, that they might be out as a result of getting married. Uh, do they not believe that God would honor their commitment to holiness and righteousness? Yes.
1: Okay, yes, it's worth a try. Well, you've you've
0: reaffirmed what I had in mind, so...
3: Yep, thank you, George. Good to hear from you again. It is so good to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, Now we've got Nathaniel on the phone, on line one from San Antonio. Nathaniel, you're on the air.
5: Hi, Nathaniel.
2: I'm calling to... Because
4: I've been praying that God will give me a desire to read the Bible, but I just find it very hard to read it, like, constantly. Um, I know, like, right now I have a lot of time on my hands because I'm homeschooled, but I think I just need advice on how I can read my Bible every day.
3: Thank you, Nathaniel. I so appreciate you calling. Can I ask you how old you are?
2: I am 13.
3: Okay, Nathaniel, this is really important. Uh, whatever you like to do, we, let's just say you're the best 13-year-old soccer player in the whole world. Well, if you're a good soccer player, you got that way because you disciplined yourself to practice, to go over the fundamentals, you worked hard to get in shape, and that's what allows you to excel on the soccer field. Well, the same principle works with the Bible. Uh, This is one of the things that you have to discipline yourself to do. Um, When people say, and usually it's adults who say this, Nathaniel, so you're ahead of the curve here. But uh, when somebody says, well, I've been praying that God would give me a desire. What you need to do is discipline yourself to read it, to read it daily and then watch what God does with it, and then that desire will come as you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. He'll be speaking to your heart. He'll give you some direction. He doesn't want you to read the Bible out of guilt. He doesn't want you to read it because you think you need to. He wants you to read it because He wants to tell you how much He loves you and reveal what a good plan He has for your life. So sometimes, Nathaniel, it's it's simply a matter of, you know what, I'm going to set out 30 minutes today, I'm not going to go out of my room until I've been in the word of God. Now, in terms of how to do it, Nathaniel, let me suggest that you start with the book of Ephesians and just read a chapter, read it out loud a couple of times. That will probably take you, if you read Ephesians chapter one, two times, that will probably take you 12, 13 minutes tops. And while you're reading it, you're praying, Lord, speak to my heart. So don't try to read so much. Just read chapter one and let the Lord begin sharing his excitement with you. And uh, it will give you some sort of system. then tomorrow, get up and read chapter two. And again, it won't take very much time, and here's what will happen. It will so bless you eventually, and I'm not talking in a long time, but just in a few days, it will so bless you that you'll be eager to get to the Bible, and then that desire will be there that you're looking for. Does that make sense to you, Nathaniel? Yes. Okay, do me a favor. Uh, after you read Chapter 1 a couple of times and then just sort of thought about it during the day, uh, give me a call back and let me know how you're doing, Okay.
5: Okay,
3: thank you. Oh, thank you, Nathaniel. God bless you.
5: Nathaniel, you're like a hero to me today. Nathaniel, you're like a hero to me today. Uh, what a great desire, and God has given that desire to you, and he will help you because um, even even if you miss a day, and that's okay, but even if you miss a day and you'll go to bed and you'll say, oh, man, I forgot to read today. But the the excitement that you'll have for the next day, We'll we'll double that. And and I'm excited for you. I really am. I'm in Ephesians right now, too. And so, um, yeah, God is showing me even more.
3: And Nathaniel, if you're still listening, um, uh, get a translation that you can understand. Um, Get something that reads in a a sensible and practical fashion to you. So, uh, 84 version of the NIV. Or um a new King James, but even better, maybe a new living translation would would help you understand really, really well, and I'll be praying for you, Nathaniel, thank you very very much mm-hmm. that's pretty cool huh?
5: yeah it is really cool, and Nathaniel, thank you because this your your desire leads me into what we were going to talk about today, hearing the voice of God, and as you're going to be in your word, you'll begin to hear the voice of God. It won't be an audible thing, but as you're reading, something will kind of jump out at you and you'll say, wow, I wonder what that means. And or you'll understand what that means. As Pastor Ron always tells us how much Jesus loves us and how um, just being with Jesus is um, just a the best part of life. I mean, it actually gives us life. And that's what you're going to find in Ephesians. He has made you alive in Christ. And um, he has a plan and a purpose for that life. And so I'm excited for you. But yeah, hearing the voice of God.
3: Yeah, one more thing for you, Nathaniel, if you're still listening. Um, the the most exciting thing that will happen to you, and I'm prayerfully betting that it will I know that doesn't sound right, but I'm perfectly (laughs) betting that it will happen in just a matter of a few days. Instead of reading the Bible because you know you should, you'll be reading it because you can't wait to. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: Because you want to. That's exciting. Go ahead, Paula. Yeah,
5: that's really cool. Um, And speaking of Ephesians, um, I was thinking about this, being made alive in Christ and hearing the voice of God. Uh, And the reason for us... um, we were once dead because of our disobedience. Um, but I want to get to verse 4. Uh, you know, he, 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 has, he loves us so much. It says, um, because we, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness, but um, God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved Um, you know hearing the voice of God we're able to hear his voice and he wants us to hear his voice because he loves us so much and every day you know his mercy is near every morning he's just waiting right there uh, when you open your eyes when I open my eyes he loves me so much um, that he made me alive with Christ when he raised him from the dead and you know, there's nothing that I did to earn it and there's nothing that I can do that he's going to take it away. And the I love that I have my life has meaning and purpose. Every Christian's life does. And, and in verse 7, that that purpose is... You,
3: you never said the chapter you read. You oh, I'm so sorry.
5: Two. Ephesians two, 2. I thought I did. I'm so sorry. Uh, verse 7 says, So God... And I'm going to make this real personal. I just went home and listened to... Um, Pastor Ron study on these verses um, from 2014 because I had some time before the show and uh, I he said to make it very personal so I'm reading verse 7 in chapter 2 of Ephesians so God can point to me in all future ages as, exa- as an example of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward me as shown in all he has done for me who is united with Christ Jesus and so My life has purpose. I can now say, you know what? I was such a sinner. And yet God, before the foundation of the world, knew that I was going to be his. He was reaching out to adopt me, and I said, okay, I want you to be my dad, um, my heavenly father, the Holy Spirit who walks next to me, and Jesus, my brother? Unreal. Um, And so I get to tell other people that he wants to do the same for them. What a great life. Go ahead, Pastor Ron. Want to expound on that?
3: I don't have to. You did well.
5: Oh, cool. <laughs> so, hearing the voice of God, um, you know, as we read, he, he talks to us. And um, I'm going to read verses 8 uh, through 10, because that, again, is the, the purpose. Um, God saved me by grace, when I believed. And that was kind of a strange thing because when I heard the gospel, the first time that I really heard the gospel, that Jesus left heaven, became a baby, grew up without having the terrible twos, um, never sinned, let people beat him, mock him, and hang him though he was innocent they put him in the tomb but he said that in three days he would rise again and then he did i just believe that it was it wasn't anything that anybody had to try to convince me of i don't know history and all the science behind what happens and all that stuff i just believe it and i can't take credit for that it's a gift from god that's what verse 8 says and then goes on to say salvation is not a reward for the good things i've done so i can't boast about it but i'm god's masterpiece and he created me new in christ so that i can do the good things he planned for me long ago that's life and i I, am so excited that jesus um said i got a plan for you paula and I've been waiting. I knew exactly when you'd come. And so every morning, um, Nathaniel, this is for you. Every morning, you can say, Jesus, what about me? Well, you got well, you got something for me today because your word tells me that, it, that you do. What is it? I'm excited. Where are we going? Who are we going to meet? Um, who can we encourage? Who can we draw into the kingdom? And so I... I um, I love my life. That's all I have to say.
3: Three four zero ninety five eighty five if you have any live calls and questions and ladies especially if you need any encouragement. Uh three four zero ninety five eighty five. Now Paula, you talked about you started talking about hearing the voice of God. You haven't talked about that yet, so
5: Okay, yes. Well um hearing the voice of God for me is um you know, just as I read the word I know the things we all know the things to do. You know, you hear the voice of God say, um, you did in Luke 10 this the other day, you know, who's my neighbor? You know, be kind and be helpful and, you know, show mercy. And the guy says, well, I guess the one who showed mercy to him. And, and, you know, Jesus says, well, now you go and do likewise. And so I've heard the voice of the Lord say, be merciful to those who need mercy, Paula.
3: Um, I think before you go on that, that train of thought, I, I think one of the things that we have to say to, to the audience is that there is no possible way you can hear the voice of God apart from being in His Word. Now, Jose, who called right at the opening of the program, I want you to listen to what I just said. Apart from knowing the Word, you will not hear the voice of God. You're not going to find Him on a website. You're not going to find him, hear his voice, criticizing new translations. You're going to hear him by sitting down with a humble heart, opening the word, and letting the living active word of God speak to your heart. Um, in the parable of the Good Samaritan that that just spoke about, um, um, we can read that, and Jesus will speak to you about being kind to people, and by, by being merciful to people. Uh, he'll also speak to you about uh, our hearts and attitudes. If you're one of the, the, the two religious guys who walked by on the other side of the street and did nothing to know. So that's just one example. Uh, flee from sexual immorality. That's, that's a, If you're in the Word, you're going to hear the voice of God say that. Uh, George, when he called uh, the two people getting married, sort of, mm-hmm. in a commitment ceremony, in the Word of God, they wouldn't have to ask anybody for their opinion because the Spirit of God would convict them that what they're doing is wrong, um, and they that's the voice of God. So those are those are the, the the first thing that we need to to understand is that while we'd all like shortcuts, you know, we'd we'd all like God to say uh, to us, Ron, run!" like He did to Moses. Um, but but the reality is, in these last days, while we're serving the Lord, waiting for His return, um, we're not going to hear from Him if we're not men and women of the word it's just that simple the voices out there are so many and they're so loud and they're so confused that we're going to be confused yet the Bible is our compass the Bible is that that thing that keeps us from ever getting lost first John chapter 4 verse 1 says brothers test the spirits Mm -hmm. because not every spirit is from God the only way we can test the spirit is to hold what we think we're hearing against next to the Word of God and if it is consistent with what the Bible says then you're hearing the Word of God Mm -hmm. Um, if it is inconsistent or in opposition to the Word then you know it's not the Lord it's the other spirit so that's how you test the spirit Um, but hearing the voice of God begins Uh, In the word doesn't mean it's the only way he'll speak to your heart about things. He'll speak to you at times through through Bible studies. Uh, He'll speak to your heart uh, through other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But but, uh, uh, you know, 95 percent of the time, the only way we can be sure we're hearing the voice of God is to be in the word.
5: Yes. Even when other people are at Bible studies, you know, because it says to be Bereans and go check that out. Is what you're saying? I'm, I'm certain um, because we really do know, you know. Even even Jose, um, instead of introducing himself and, and and really asking a question, he just starts talking really fast. I, I I listen to all the shows, and it seems like the people who have an agenda just get on and start just rambling. You know, uh, not to be disrespectful. Well. Sorta, of, not right. No, no. They just get on well, and
3: no, that is disrespectful. You yeah, know, every, everybody who, who does that, Paula could get their own radio show. The problem is they don't have the platform, yeah. and nobody will listen, mm-hmm. and so they want to jump on the bandwagon and, and fix everybody else, mm-hmm. and, and the man who's humbled in the word. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that last night with Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah, who is arguably one of the two holiest men in all of Scripture, Daniel being the other. Um, when he saw the Lord, all he could say is, woe is me. Not woe is them. Mm-hmm. Woe is me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and I have seen the Lord. Surely I must die. Mm-hmm. That's the humility that comes. Yeah from being in the Word when Peter uh, was in the boat and told Jesus there's no fish <laughs> in this lake and Jesus <laughs> cast a net on the other side yeah. and he did it and then that huge haul of fish was, was brought in um, uh, Peter cowered with his head between his knees mm-hmm. and said depart from me Lord for I am a sinful man and um, if we're going to hear from the voice of God the Bible tells us we have to be that humble yeah Uh, we approach God like we think we know stuff
2: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, or we think we're okay. The rich young ruler thought he uh, Lord, all these things I've done. Uh, We're told he walked away sad. And the way to walk away full is to humble yourself. Jesus said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. If you lose it for me, you'll Mm -hmm. find it. Mm -hmm. And that really is um, the, the, the step that the Bible will accomplish if you open it with a searching heart that's the step the bible will accomplish so that you can hear the voice of god
5: yeah Yeah. and you know at home when and i know there's other people who who listen to the show as well when stuff like that happens you know you say oh well i'm sure he's our brother you know in the lord and so you start praying um because we all were kind of like that at one time you can we we should correct everybody else when the Lord says, you know, hey, why don't you get the plank out of your own eye first, Paula? And then you can go speck hunting, Paula. Come Ooh, on, girl. What I always
3: say is, the Holy Spirit, which looks out. Yeah. The Holy Spirit looks in. Yeah, baby. Well, we've there. got 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free 877 630 KSLR. Ladies, this is your day. Take advantage of it. We'll be back in two minutes.
1: back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
3: Welcome back to the program. We have 30 minutes left. Paula's got a smile on her face and looks like she has a lot to say. So, (laughs) Paula, take it away.
5: Okay, so hearing the voice of God, we can can stay there for a minute. And then I have a, a, a bulletin. A I okay. uh, have a bulletin. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, breaking news. Um, hearing the voice of God, you know, Peter said to Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive? And we've all heard that we forgive. Um, <laughs> as often as people come to us and, and want us to forgive, but we can. we have to always be willing to be a gracious forgiver.
3: You know, unforgiveness is is like trying to run a hundred yard meter or hundred meter dash in the Olympics carrying a bowling ball. Yeah. You can't win. Can't win. You can run and yeah. you can sweat and you can fall behind and mm-hmm. maybe stumble mm-hmm. but you can't win.
2: Yeah.
3: And too many of us follow this is one of the ways to hear the voice of God. You you can't hear the voice of God if you're holding on to unforgiveness. It's just that simple. Yeah. But you don't know what they've done to me, Pastor Ron. I hear that all the time. It doesn't matter because God didn't do it. He wants to speak to you. And he didn't hold what you did to him against you when he came and stole your heart.
5: Yeah, but I think... I, not. think. I know. We don't think the stuff that we did was nearly as bad as what was done to us.
3: Well, see, that's why we need to be in the Word and be humbled and be a woe is me. <laughs> yeah. Kind of Isaiah follower in that situation.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then those, in this, this case, you know, those who... Um, have been a little ugly the lord says i want you to heat burning coals on their head so you know go for forgiveness yeah okay i forgive you but i'm not going to be extra nice to you this heaping burning coals is being extra nice and you know just going beyond and and reaching out and that that people are the way they are for a reason kind of thing you, you never know some people had like bad hair day or you know, they got bad news or something, and they're just kind of ugly for a moment. But we can be extra nice and heat burning coals on their head.
3: Yeah, but but even in, in context, that that, is, that that story is told to us, um, referring to people that are constantly being bad to you, towards you. So so it, it's it's not just uh, well, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, th- this is to do. Extra nice things to win people by loving them, um, even if they make their mission in life making your life miserable. And those are the people that we're supposed to love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Those are our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And and um, uh, if you can't do that, how how in the world can we ever expect to hear the voice of God? And and that's why the Bible was written. That's mm-hmm. it's living. It's active. I said that earlier. But but. How can the Bible, the Holy Spirit, penetrate a heart so hard that we're unwilling to, one, recognize our own sin, and secondly, uh, unwilling to extend forgiveness to others? And by the way, when you said a a minute ago that, well, we don't think our sin is that bad, Mm -hmm. the sin of the man or the woman who thinks they are a mature Christian, the sin of unforgiveness is far more serious from God's perspective than the sin of the person who hurts you who is an immature believer. If we think we're mature, what does Paul say? I love this when Paul writes Romans. He says, oh, I, I know if any of you are mature in the Lord, you'll agree with me. Uh-huh. God will reveal it yeah, to he'll you.
5: He'll show you All yeah, right,
2: right
3: kind well, of thing. But you know, that's not arrogance. Paul's yeah. just saying, look, this is what the word says, and this is the people we need to be. And it's very important if we're going to, uh, uh, and every one of us, we want to hear the voice of God. We want to do what's right. But in order to do it, we've got to absolutely, absolutely be willing to extend forgiveness, to be kind, to be merciful,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, even when people don't deserve it. That's what grace is. And we're to be emissaries of grace.
5: Emissaries of grace. That's right. And the hardest place for that It's not out in the world. It's not, you know, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday at church. It's at home. It's at home because those are the people that know the exact buttons to push. And um, to continue loving them, uh, God doesn't ask us anything that he doesn't enable us to do. So
3: we are able to do that. And since you're the female saying that... The, the 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 best illustration of that is you don't love your husband to get anything back from him. You don't love your husband so he'll be nicer to you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you love him because Jesus asked you to, yeah. and you love Jesus. And yeah. say, "Well, I've been doing it." And I remember you saying, "Lord, I'm doing my part. Well, why aren't you doing your part?" Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just that declaration in case you're not doing your part at all. That's right.
2: That's so, right.
3: Wrong motive. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the idea, we have to do everything that we do, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus, walking with Jesus, is a sacrifice. And so we sacrifice our goals, we sacrifice our hopes and our dreams, mm-hmm. and we let Jesus replace them with his hopes and dreams for us. Um, but in order to do that, we've got to be on his side, we got to do the, the hard things for no other reason than he did them first for us.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: And then the last one on uh, hearing the voice of God, and this is just the last one on my list that we're going to talk about today, is in Proverbs uh, chapter 3. The new thing for me is, um, he says, to keep loyalty and kindness um, as, as like jewels in a necklace around your neck. Loyalty. To me, uh, it's loyal, loyalty to God and kindness to everybody as far as it depends on me. So loyalty to God and kindness to everybody, uh, deserving or otherwise.
3: Yeah, the Apostle John says, that the Apostle of Love, he says, how can you claim to love God and not love the people of God? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, uh, we've heard many times over the years, well, you know, I love Jesus. I follow him. It's just Christians that drive me crazy. <laughs> um, um, I, I love Jesus. I don't love the church. Uh, That's like saying, uh, Jesus, I love you, but your wife is ugly. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: You know, we've got to step outside of our flesh in order to hear the voice of God. We've got to step outside of our flesh in order to be used by God and for him. And if we stay in that place where we're holding on to grudges, where we're thinking bad thoughts toward people, where we're worried about how, how what they do affects me, um then we're never going to be in that place where God can just keep pouring out that glory that mm-hmm. that he has available for every single day. Yeah.
5: And what a a waste of life that is, you know. So anyway, um in uh, let me see, not yeah, past past Sunday we sang a song and it's by Phil Wickham and it's called Breathe. And I just want to read the um the last verse. It says Speaking about hearing the voice of God. In the stillness, I can hear you whisper, calling deep and deeper still. The same voice that moved upon the water says, come drink and have your fill. And, you know, getting into God's word, he says, come drink and have your fill. And, and he will just overflow us with his spirit as we come to him. Last night you said that several of us needed to go home maybe and have that woe is me moment be real be honest with the lord and see you know um oh i'm a sinful man i'm a sinful woman you know i live among people of of filthy lips is what it says and um and just to get real with god and say you know what i know you called me i know you love me but i'm not really living up to that lord i'm not
3: not drinking your fill are you i'm
5: not drinking the fill (laughs) and so um I'm, I'm thankful, Lord, that you are patient, you keep reaching out, and you uh, you let me reboot. Just do my
2: word in there. I know
3: you did, you know? I, and I knew you would mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, Paula, one of the things that that um, um, you know we, we just studied in Luke uh, two weeks ago, Jesus sent out the 70 or the 72 mm-hmm. and gave them power and authority over demons and power to heal diseases and, and, and do these miraculous things. If Jesus would give me power one day to get one thing done. Okay. It would it would simply be me telling Christians to get right with God, believe his promises and watch what he'll do for you. Mm-hmm. I it it so breaks this pastor's heart to to have people arguing about non-essential things. It breaks my heart to see people holding on to unforgiveness and being ripped off themselves. It breaks my heart. I think about Paul pleading with Eodia and Sintuki to get along. You two women love God. You've served with me in service of the Lord. We've served together. Now get along. And he asked the brothers, help, loyal yoke fellow, help these women get along in the Lord. The, the pettiness that robs us of the fullness that Jesus has for us is absolutely overwhelming to me. There are times when I feel almost paralyzed um, by that sadness because I see people's lives. It could be marriages. It could be friends. It could be just people that, that sort of don't mix well together. Mm-hmm. And, and and all of them in their heart of hearts are wondering, well, well where is this fullness? Where is this abundance that you promised Jesus? and the answer is that abundance is lost in their sin mm-hmm. in their selfishness we're supposed to be selfless
2: mm-hmm.
3: and we, and we we've become selfish and if I, if i could make people listen to one thing it'd be just that just that thing you know isaiah from the moment he was called um the moment he had his woe is me moment He served God faithfully for almost 60 years six zero Mm -hmm. years Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and I waited till I was almost 40 to get saved and I feel like I got cheated Mm. I've been saved for 28 years been serving the Lord Uh, I don't want anybody you know when people come to me struggling and they're young Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I'll say how old are you yeah. and they'll look at me, and they'll give me the answer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I'll say, you know, right now today, you accepting Jesus Christ,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you got a 20-year head start on me.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Imagine what God could do yeah. in and through you yeah. with a 20-year head start on me. I'm still going. I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. But imagine what God could do. And, and and sometimes it makes people think, well, yeah, I, I don't want to waste any time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we 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 just fall back into these old... Patterns of life that have been forged by our flesh, instead of letting the Spirit of God renew our hearts every day. Yeah. And so that's my one thing. Let's go to Ray calling on line one from San Antonio. Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: Hi, Pastor Ron. Paula. Hi,
3: hi Ray. Hi. Hey, Ray. Um,
2: yeah. Ray. Yeah.
3: Before
5: you, before you um, ask your question. I was praying, I was praying before I came to the studio today that how much I missed seeing you and that I I needed to, I needed to hear your voice today. Thank (laughs) you for calling.
4: Well, thank the Lord. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You okay? Uh, um, I thought maybe you were going to say you were praying for for me to get feeling better with this business that's been ailing me and and yeah. uh and it's been working so thank you but anyway you're very,
2: very what, welcome. what
4: i was what i had been what i came across and it's kind of along the same line and i'm glad it came to my mind while you're there too because you know about how it goes with seeking the lord and and um if we go to, say, Acts nine, when Saul was Saul before he went to uh, Damascus, and <laughs> on the way got waylaid, you know, and uh, uh, he, it, the Bible says that uh, he heard the voice say to him, "Why do you persecute me?" So that would, uh, uh, that's one part that. You know, was that like an audible? We don't know, but maybe we'll find out later. Kind of answer, but um, moving on. Uh, that uh, he 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 had an agenda that he was. I mean, he was moving, making good time, persecuting. You know, and he he wasn't <laughs> heading down the. He was he was. Going ninety miles an hour down the wrong way, you know, down the wrong path, down the wrong road, mm-hmm. and uh, so I kind of feel like I've done a lot of that, <laughs> being on the wrong road. Yeah, but I'm making good time. But no, that's not. <laughs> that's not bad, you know. So, so anyway, w- Pastor Ron, when you had the kind of Come up and said you did, and you went. I got to find out what's what's this and what's that and and all of that. Um, well, before I get too far off of that uh, onto that, um, that w- when when uh, when uh, uh, Ananias came and touched his eyes or touched his head, and the scales fell off his eyes and he could see again then he had spent several days with the disciples in damascus and uh, and uh, after that uh, evidently he was preaching and telling people what was right and so on and so forth he had he had gained a, an awful lot of knowledge or understanding, and I'm wondering how did he do that, because I think you have mentioned numerous times that you studied for hours on end, day after day, and went to Bible college, and, you know, you're still finding out new stuff, and I'm not saying that he, Paul didn't, um, but, uh, you know, keep learning or whatever, but how did he get so smart all of a sudden? Was the voice that he had heard maybe an audible voice or you know was that just spirit directed knowledge that he was infused with when he was able to you know see again and start preaching and yep. i'll just i'll okay. just see if you can make some better sense out of it than i've made out of my question
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks ray <laughs> i'm
4: going glad- to listen on the on the radio
3: okay we're glad you're feeling better ray uh, a couple of things first it, it was definitely audible jesus was there the men around saw the light. Um, they heard the voice, but they couldn't discern the words. This was a very personal message that Jesus gave to Saul of Tarsus. Why are you persecuting me? Um, and then he told him what to do: go into uh, Damascus. You'll find a house there, um, and and uh, I will send someone to you. But 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 remember a couple of things. One, there was three days that Paul was blind. Three days that he had to deal with his own sin. You talk about a woe is me moment from Isaiah last night. This was Paul's woe is me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. I've been teaching lies. I've been persecuting Christians. Mm -hmm. I've been chasing, I thought, uh, this mission from God, but it was not. It was a mission from the devil. So for three days, he had all of this straightened out. Now, Ray, we can't discount, and it's hard for us to understand the supernatural nature of this. So Paul, uh, Saul of Tarsus before Paul was a brilliant guy with with what he thought was a thorough understanding of the scriptures. Well, he had to reevaluate that entire understanding in those three days. So when he went out and immediately began preaching, uh, he was declaring Jesus... And I I suspect that he was saying very much what I said to my family when I got saved. Um, I I called my family together and said, look, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and everything that I've ever taught you is wrong. I don't know what's right yet, but I'll teach you what's right as soon as I learn. And in Paul's case, uh, as Saul of Tarsus, um, he immediately started sharing Jesus with people. Um, and, and the supernatural power of God. He was God's chosen instrument. He, Ananias was told, he's my chosen instrument to carry the gospel to the Gentiles. So the supernatural nature of this instantly um, would have given him what he needed. Remember, it's not his brilliance. It's the power of God. He He qualifies those he calls. And Paul was able to do that. Now, shortly after that, he was sent out into the Arabian desert. He was there for three years, where he was taught personally by Jesus, another supernatural encounter Mm -hmm. over and over and over. Now, certainly not every minute of every day for for three years, but on a consistent basis, Jesus would come out and instruct him, disappear and leave Paul um, uh, alone with his thoughts, and and, and, and the Holy Spirit would begin to uh, enlighten him. So... Um, it was so supernatural, but it was every bit of it was was um, the audible voice of God. Paul had a relationship with Jesus that we can understand, even to the point of being told all of the things he must suffer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have signed up.
5: I am. Yeah, it would have taken Jesus mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> yeah, just to hear that hearsay, it's like, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I heard that right.
3: Yeah, we, you know, Paul started this program. He's talking <laughs> about hearing the voice of God. Mm-hmm. If we really heard the audible voice, and there are always some charismatics say, well, I hear God. He speaks audibly to me. No, he doesn't. If he did, we'd be on our face, melted and toasty. We'd mm-hmm. burn up. Uh, he can speak so profoundly, it's as though it were audible. But um, the one thing Paul had to do, the one thing we all have to do if we're going to hear the voice of God, is we have to respond first to what we hear. We have to be obedient. And if we're obedient, then God will speak more to us. God will will enlighten us further. Uh, but if we're not doing what God tells us to do, uh, if Paul hadn't gone out and started preaching, if Paul hadn't gone out to the Arabian wilderness... Um, um, then he he wouldn't have heard anymore. God would have raised up somebody else. And uh, again, in our church culture, we're we're too happy, it seems, to let God raise up somebody else instead of using us.
5: I don't want that to happen. Paula, we're inside five minutes. I know, so I better make my bulletin announcement, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know that my favorite kid car-
3: Wait a minute. Okay. This just in.
5: Oh, yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, for the longest time my favorite characteristic of the Lord, it has been forgiveness, you know. And just maybe yesterday or today as I was just thinking about this, um, you know, every day it seems like I'm kinda waking up guilty and feeling a little bit less than the super spiritual ones, you know. Um and I do love first John one nine, you know, if you confess your sins he is faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness well he has done that my past present and future sins are forgiven not that i don't need to ask forgiveness when i mess up but my new favorite characteristic of the lord for me is love love and so he's been praying you know, uh, Paul prayed this in Ephesians three. Nathaniel, Ephesians three, verse sixteen says, "I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your heart as you trust in Him." And He's been wanting me. He says, "Paula, just keep trusting me, baby. Keep trusting me." And then he'll, He says that your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. As all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may I experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then I will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And so my new one is love. And then in um, Jude, it was talking about, you know, but you, dear friends, Let's build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you to eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And, you know, being safe in God's love, knowing how much God loves me, gives me assurance and confidence that, you know, my favorite song is Jesus loves me. But the second verse is Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. And Jesus loves me when I'm bad, even though it makes him sad. But, yes, Jesus still loves me. And to know how much he loves me and that his love never stops just gives you uh, one of those where you can, like you were saying last night, lift your head up. Lift your head up and, and be able to look higher. We can look higher. We don't have to drag our heads down because, you know. Oh man, I messed up again. I said I told the Lord I wasn't gonna do that. Oh Lord, I had a bad thought and I acted on it. Instead, you know, I didn't want to, You know that kind of a thing. Instead, to say, to know that he's he's forgiven me already, and all I have to do is like, woe is me. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, you, know, you know, Paul. I think the, the 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 most important thing about realizing how much God loves you, uh, it's actually two parts. One, you realize your value to God,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but you also realize that he's made it safe for you and you can come and confess mm-hmm. you don't have to pretend you're better than you are so that's important yes hey thanks for tuning in today you've been listening to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life uh, Lord willing I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 the word we'll see you then may the Lord bless you and keep you